Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. So who likes to go shopping? <laughs> yeah, there we go. A couple hands. Don't be shy. Yeah, shopping. And uh, I'll speak to the husbands here. If you get tagged along, you know, you're supporting your, your wife's interests and you're shopping with them. You know, sometimes uh, you burn out pretty quick compared to, to your wife. And so you're in a store, and I'll, I'll share with you, fellas, uh, a little trick that I do. It might not translate totally for you. It all depends on, on who you are and, and whatnot. But um, if we're in a store, Jess and I, and I look around and then, you know, I'm done, usually way quicker than she is. Depending on the store, I'll I'll go find an aisle. Let's say like they sell candles or something. And what I do in order to pass the time is I start to organize the candles. <laughs> I've never shared that with Jess, but that's what I do. Or um, if just if it's you know I'll, I'll find something and and I, I'm not obvious about it. I'll kind of pretend I'm shopping too, but I'll start to just organize. The, the shelves and, and make them look better. And, and in a way, I, I really can't explain. You know, I like to, I look, like, this is something I can do. Like, like, I am not responsible for this problem whatsoever, but there is something inside of me that, in a strange way, it's like, okay, in a little bit, I'm making myself a part of the solution. I'm, I'm organizing the store for them. So it's, it's, a, it's a better experience. You can be able to see the different candle smells and flavors and, and all of that. So I, don't, I don't know. It's just it's something I like to make things look pretty. And of course, as soon as, as, soon as Jess is done shopping, I'm, I'm out of there. I'm not going to be like, oh, wait, hold, hold up, Jess. I, I have one more, one more aisle to go through. Um, have you seen the cereal aisle? Got to, you know, <laughs> no. As soon as she's done, as soon as she's done, I'm out of there. Now, sometimes we get thrown into things in life where we don't get to walk away so easily. So in the New Testament, there's a story, the story of, of Joseph and Mary. Joseph was thrown into a difficult situation. And for a little while, he, he tried to quietly excuse himself uh, from, from the situation that, that God put him in. But here's the thing. God had other plans. And so today we are going to be taking a look at the four different times that God got Joseph's attention by sending a dream angel, a dream messenger. Joseph receives these messages. He responds in obedience. And I believe Joseph becomes a great role model for us. Now, who's, who's Joseph? We actually don't know too much about him. He's a carpenter, a, a craftsman from Nazareth area. What were his life goals? What did he dream of? We're not sure. We're not sure. But as we see in Matthew chapter 1, Mary, his fiance, was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And this is a very difficult situation for Joseph to be in. And essentially, it was kind of framed up like he had two different options. One is to go super public with the news and, and 
basically Mary is going to be publicly humiliated. If he goes public, if he goes big, that's the way where he can really separate himself from Mary. Joseph can walk away clean. Everything falls on Mary. Or there's a, a second option. His character will be tarnished a little bit, but basically he can quietly divorce her, break the engagement. Okay, and it's still still messy. Both situations are, are messy, not great. He seems to, to love Mary. There, there's enough love there for her. He decides to divorce her quietly because he didn't want to expose her to public disgrace. Now, after Joseph considered this this option, he thought about it. Uh, It was probably a a weighty decision, but he's like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to divorce her quietly. And then one night while he was sleeping, an angel appears to him in a dream. And this dream messenger says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because of what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph thought he had two options. God goes ahead and gives him a third. Joseph, go ahead and marry the girl. And you know what? Joseph obeyed. He listened. He listened to God's directions here. And I'm not going to say that God is going to send you a dream angel every time you're in a difficult situation. But I'll tell you this. God does give you the Bible. And God puts other people in your life. People to talk to. People to listen and learn from. In the Bible, God teaches. In the Bible, God gives directions. And I think of Isaiah 48 here. God, he, he teaches, he directs, he shows us what is good. God says, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. If only you had paid attention to, to my commands, your peace would have been like a river, your well-being, or your righteousness, like the waves of the sea. Simply put, simply put, when we don't listen to God... We run it into danger. The yellow flags go up. The red flags go up. If we don't listen to God, that is going to lead us to danger. So let's just ask it a different different way. Why listen to God? Again, simply put, so that peace and well-being can can come to us. And here we look to Joseph. Joseph is quick to obey God's directions. The second angel event happens after the Magi visit. Jesus is a toddler at this point, and if you're familiar with the story, King Herod is threatened by Jesus. He wants Jesus dead, and so Herod kills, he puts out an order to kill off males in the area, two years and younger, two or three years and younger. So Matthew 2, verses 13 to 15, when they had gone... An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up. He took the child and his mother during the night 
And they left for Egypt, where they stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. And what I want to focus on here is that Joseph has agency. God gives us agency. What is agency? Agency is the ability or the capacity to act. God is in control. We say that. That is a part of our our doctrine, our, our belief. God is in control, but he doesn't control us. We're not robots. We're not automata. God gives us agency. Joseph has agency here, but but look real close. God also gives Joseph the job of being a protector. The responsibility of being a protector. Joseph wasn't like, "Nah, God, this is your problem. You deal with it." Joseph has this this role to play, this responsibility to protect his his family. Get up, Joseph. Get your family up in the middle of the night. Leave for Egypt, a foreign country. So in this case, there's agency, but there's also urgency. Protect your family. The government wants to kill your son. You better get up and go. You better get up and go. Go to Egypt, about 75 miles away. It's not totally random to go to Egypt because during this time there were Jewish colonies in Egypt, like Alexandria perhaps. And so maybe there is already a connection there. Joseph has a a fourth cousin, so-and-so he can connect with, and, and he's a carpenter or laborer. He'll be able to get some work down there. But Joseph, he gets his family, they go to, to Egypt. And again, Joseph is really quick to obey God's directions. Now let's point out here briefly, God takes care of the details. God takes care of the details. All right. In the Old Testament, I, I think of, of, of Noah and, and the animals, that, that story. Noah builds the ark. The animals do their thing. God is going to take care of the rest. God is going to take care of all the the other details. And so in our agency, in our calling, in our responsibility, in the roles that we graciously get to play, you and I are invited to trust in God who has the details. God gives us a calling. He gives us a direction. He, He points us where we need to go. He, we have roles to play. But God takes care of the details. And I think of like a, a college graduation. You spend a couple years earning your degree. You take all those classes and the exams and all that. You finally get to graduate. You have your field of choice. Maybe not your field forever, but a college graduate, you're there. You're launching out in, into the brand new world, but you're like, man, I don't really know anything. I'm trusting you, God, to take care of the details. What's my entry-level job going to look like? Is this actually the field I'm going to be staying in? What what does all of this look like? Am I actually ready for the big world? So if there's any college graduates here, I would say, trust God in the details. Trust God with the details. So the third dream angel experience comes a little bit later. Herod dies. This is 4 BC. 
Herod dies from a nasty disease. It's excruciating. It's it's, it's a terrible way to die, according to uh, early historian Josephus. But Herod does die, and then his kingdom, his kingdom, his client kingdom, is divided into three parts. Three sons take over. You have Antipas, you have Philip, and you have Archelaus. And you know what? These guys were not good people. They weren't great. Archelaus, for example, he was cruel. He was violent. And there's actually a story that we know during this time. Archelaus sent a mercenary army and killed about 3,000 men and women around the temple in Jerusalem. In verse 19 of of chapter 2, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Egypt. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So I see a, a parallel story here. Jesus has this refugee experience. He, he has to go to, to Egypt. And so now he's, he's coming out of Egypt. He's, he's like a new Moses, or better yet, Jesus has a parallel story with Israel. Jesus is the true Israel, now coming out of Egypt. And again, Joseph obeys, and he starts to head back to Bethlehem. But here's the thing. He hears that Archelaus, one of the sons, is ruling in that particular part of the countryside. And this leads to our fourth dream. Joseph is warned. Joseph is warned. And then he has to go back to his wife. Sorry, hon, the plans have changed. We're not going to Galilee. We're actually going to go a little bit more north. We're going to go to that stick town in the hilly countryside in the middle of nowhere that nobody cares about. We're going to Nazareth. That's right. We're headed back there. You like hills, hon, right? So Joseph, you know, plans change. He has to pivot. But again, Joseph is presented to us as a man of obedience. He's not responsible for any of this situation, these these problems, but make make no mistake, he he puts himself there. He, He is responsible for the solutions, though. And as far as I can tell, you know, Joseph didn't put on this victim mentality. As far as I can tell, he he didn't blame other people. He didn't blame the religious establishment. He didn't blame God. He didn't blame the government. As he migrated to Egypt and and back, as his plans changed, he's not presented as, as a guy that, you know, only bad things just keep happening to him. And he didn't just quit because, well, what's the point? That's not the Joseph we see in our Bibles. In Joseph's worldview, he doesn't see that life is against him. He sees that God is for him. And God sends his messengers. God receives the messages. Sorry, Joseph receives the messages and adjusts accordingly. Perhaps you and I would would do the same if, if we had angels coming to us at night. But you know what? God... God still speaks to us. Sure, he can send angels. I believe totally open that God can send angels and dreams and visions and all of that. 
But God still speaks to us through his word. God still provides directions for us. God still puts people in our lives to talk to. Shepherds and teachers, evangelists, prophets, apostles. God still gives us agency. God still gives us roles and responsibility to have. So 2021 is almost over. And I have a really good hunch that 2022 is going to have a lot of similar flavors here. (laughs) But you know what? I want you to know this, church. God is for you. God is for you. Plans will change. The government will do its thing. School boards will do its thing. The market will do its thing. Each mess, each struggle, each difficult situation. And all of that, there's opportunities to live for God. So maybe the, the high... The high challenge for us today is to make that shift in our in our mindset. Church, no more blamestorming, but just brainstorming. We might not be responsible for causing issues and problems and situations out there, but church, we can be a part of the solution. So I say embrace the responsibility that comes your way. Use discernment, be prayerful, of course. But in these hard times, in these hard times, let's let's use these opportunities that come our way. Let's pick up responsibility. Let's respond in obedience when we're when we're listening to God, and let's become more and more like Jesus every day. I believe Joseph is a great role model for us. Let's listen to what God is saying and respond in. Obedience. And we get to do that together as a church.